It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Postcast tonight. David Locke along with Ron Boone. The Jazz fall to the Boston Celtics by the final score of 97-94. We'll talk about what happened in the Celtics' 9-0 run to close the game. Why the zone defense swung the game toward the Celtics in the middle of the way and how concerned should we be about the Jazz losing yet another fourth quarter lead at home. That's all coming up on this edition of Postcast. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple, because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. Well, Ron, let's start with the stretch, and you were on TV, I was on radio. Before we get to the stretch, let me go back to this morning, you and I, the conversation we had about the first and third quarter being very strong quarters for the Boston Celtics. They Number didn't one defense in the first and third quarters. They didn't win. It, that, that didn't happen. No, it did not. But you also said that the Jazz were the one of the best in the second quarter. Yeah, they allowed 30 points. And that didn't happen either. Okay. Nope, that didn't happen. But the Celtics were the best team in the league defending the above-the-break three, and that did happen yeah, did as the happen. Jazz missed their first 12 above-the-break threes of this game. That's, that is amazing that as good a looks as the Jazz are capable of getting that the Boston Celtics just, you know, just cut that off. But I mean, we're off kilter here a little bit. The Jazz ran this great play where Gobert kept picking Ingles' guy, and Joe was getting wide-open looks. He just didn't make any. Just didn't make them, yeah, especially early in the ballgame. He ended up making going two for seven, but the majority of those misses that came early in the ballgame. All right, let's get to it. The final stretch, a 9-0 run. The Jazz had this game. They were at 94-88 when Jay Crowder laid it up with 225 left. Uh, the Jazz seemed to be in control, up six, and then did not score again and got outscored 9 nothing. What did you see down the stretch? What, what, what I would like to see is the Jazz continue to play the way they were playing. Moving the basketball, um, breaking the paint, kicking. I I thought we start settling for some one-on-one basketball um, and then putting ourselves in a short clock uh, and and having to get a good look. And I I just didn't think it it worked. I don't think that's what Quinn wanted, but I thought that's what we we, uh, we were attempting to get. But the Boston Celtics... um, you know, shorthanded. Uh, you know, this is a ball game where you just, you just, you just realize that this team is very deep and very good. There's some interesting things that happened late in that game. Donovan got rolling a little bit 
uh, coming off the pick and roll and getting Greg Monroe, who's not a great defense player, backpedaling. Donovan scored, hit Gobert. And the Jazz seemed to kind of, that's what got them the 92-86 lead uh, with 2.52 left. And then Crowder scored on one uh, off of Donovan give. And you really felt like the Jazz had it going. And then something interesting that I thought I saw, and you got to be careful because you don't have video here, but and you're calling the game. Brad Stevens brought Shane Larkin up to the middle of the floor so that Donovan would bring the ball up, being guarded by Terry Rozier. Gobert would come and set the pick, and Larkin would just not be guarding his man and just standing basically at the top of the key so that if Donovan came off the pick, he would run right into Larkin. Mm -hmm. The first time, Donovan gave it to Rubio, who's then wide open for a 14-footer, and and Rubio short-arms it. The next time, Donovan decides to go away from Larkin, but that's the trick because that takes him into the short side of the floor where Jalen Brown then comes off the corner and steals it. So a pretty interesting move there by the Celtics that they put Shane Larkin basically right where Donovan wanted to drive. So even if he got free of Rozier, he was then guarded by another guy. And that kind of discombobulated the play call that the Jazz had there. And frankly, the first read to Rubio was probably the right read, and that's you know, Boston's making you do one of two things. One is give it to Rubio for a wide-open jumper, or two, drive into the short side of the floor, and they got him on both of those those choices. So your choice would be to just continue to go um, at Rubio and let Rubio shoot the basketball. I mean, if he's open, you know, he's he can knock down threes, or he can knock down I mean, it was a, you know, his open short, That first that one he got was a wide-open 14-footer. And he just short-armed it, but... Um, Brad Stevens, young guy, uh, nice basketball mind. But, again, I mean, this team, I think, and we saw it tonight, you know, they're loaded with some pretty good talent. Well, when they're – so they're shorthanded, and that – right, no question. They still had a 12th pick of a draft, a third pick of a draft, and a third pick of a draft on the floor. I mean, basically yeah. what you got was if they were just developing without free agents, that's their team. Mm-hmm. And – uh and, and the talent, you know, the worry I had this whole time is when the game stayed close late is that they had these kind of big-time talent in Tatum and Brown, and neither of them ended up doing anything late. And it's, it's interesting. Now, the, the frustrating one, everyone's going to talk offense, but what kind of frustrates me a little bit is it's a 94-88 game, and I don't remember exactly how Rozier got the layup, but it was pretty quick. It was nine seconds after the Jazz. Mitchell scores nine seconds later. Rozier goes... I, I think that's the play where Monroe fell down. Donovan had the move, and Rozier just went coast to coast yeah. and laid up the Jazz and get back. So that that's somewhat inexcusable. Monroe gets a hook shot over Gobert. Okay, that's fine. The Jazz have a good defense possession where they force Tatum into a three miss, but Gobert has to be the one who closes, and they just do not rebound well enough when Crowder and Ingles are the only big. So Larkin gets an offensive rebound miss. Monroe gets an offensive rebound. Mitchell now fouls him, so you're giving up two points there to make it. Now it's suddenly 94-92. The Donovan turns it over, Tatum dunks, and now it's 94-all. And then the final play of the game, which we can get into here in a second. Uh, but before the final play of the game, I mean, your strength is your defense, and you're not actually letting your defense, if you're letting Rozier run down the floor, you're turning it over, you're not letting your strength have an impact on the game. Well, it, and, and you're totally right about everything there, but what, and, but what really I thought hurt was those offensive rebounds because Rudy was out here almost at the three-point line well, it's the same top, thing that happened in San Antonio. Yeah, yeah, and 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 all of a sudden, Monroe, the biggest guy and the the most physical guy down there underneath the basket, was able to come up with an offensive rebound or deflection. I think Larkins ended up coming, getting coming up with it. 
but it was Monroe who ended up keeping the ball alive to the point where the Boston Celtics had another possession. That was huge. That was flat out huge. I can't remember if they got a two or a three. Out Monroe of that. got fouled and hit two free throws. Two free throws. The, about the four thirty mark, they had another one where they got a bunch of buckets. And frankly, they're not that bigger than you at that point. They're playing Larkin, Rozier, Brown, and Tatum. There's some pretty elite athletes there. And Monroe, it's not as though they were big and you were small. Both teams were really small at that point. So, I mean, I have to go back and watch the rebound. What happened replay, maybe it's just a bad bounce. Sometimes rebounds just don't go your way. But that is disappointing. Now let's go to the final play. Larkin drives to the right side, comes down, beats Rubio to the right side. So you're not first thing, you didn't guard your yard. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just beats him one-on-one. I don't know. I'll have to go again and see the replay. I don't know whether Rubio just didn't expect it or whether he just beat him quickly. And then there was a pick in the middle of the lane between Brown and Monroe. And so they're all standing – or Olajay, excuse me, because Monroe was out of the game. And so Ingles is there. So Ingles goes and helps, cuts off Larkin. Gobert goes to help also. Pass goes out to Olajay, who was originally Gobert's man. He rotates to Brown, who is Ingles' man. Ingles is in a bear hug with Rubio at this point. As they've collided with each other, he's nowhere near the play, and Brown's wide open for a three. Yeah, That's that's exactly the way I saw it there, and it was just a mix-up defensively. But if we go back to the Jazz's last possession, when they had a chance to get through two of the last three shots, and for some reason they just continued to dribble the clock out and put them in a situation where they had to force up a shot and put them in a situation where they could not get the last shot of the ball game and lose the basketball game in regulation. Jazz rebounded with 45 seconds left off the Rogier miss. So there was an opportunity to go to for one there that they, they didn't do. It ended up, the ball ended up in the corner to Jay Crowder, and he just couldn't beat his, in the, he drove, got cut off, kicked back to Ingles. Ingles not going to beat anybody one-on-one at that point. Hands back to Jay Crowder, and his shot gets blocked and just what was a dead possession uh, from the Jazz at that point uh, on that play and, uh, una- and unable to score in the final 225 of this game. Two other sequences of the games really swung things tonight. One was when Boston went to the zone and the Jazz went one for seven offensively in that stretch. Uh, I-, I can't recall the Jazz working on a zone offense. But I can't recall the Jazz seeing a zone all year. Yeah, I don't think we've seen a zone all year there as well. But your dribble handoffs for the most part, does not work on the zone offense. So you have to have cutters. You have to run some kind of offense where you're, you're either going to take a defender with you and, and the ball movement is going to get you a, a very good shot. Uh, I don't know if that zone surprised the Jazz. Uh, I'm, I'm sure our coaching staff was very much aware that they might do it. I think I it. heard it and somebody mentioned it in shoot-around today. Oh, really? Well, it, it, was, it was effective against the Jazz. And the other one, uh, the Jazz were in control of the game, and Terry hit three straight threes to turn it from a Jazz-controlled game to a to a possession-by-possession possession game. You know, I had just made a point on TV that, you know, the Jazz are doing a great job on Rozier because, you know, this is a guy who's been averaging 15 shots a ball game. He's really taking advantage in the, of, of, of playing time in the absence of Kyrie Irving. Last year, he only averaged 5.5 points a ball game. Didn't get off the, off the bench that much. This year... He's getting more playing time, especially with Kyrie Irving being out, and he's being just the man. I mean, he's taking a lot of shots. Fifteen shots a, a ball game is a lot, considering you have Tatum and Brown on the team there as well. So the Jazz fall tonight. Final score: ninety-seven, ninety-four. 
Ricky Rubio came close to a triple-double, but he was also 4 of 14, and they were clearly leaving him open to let him shoot. If the Jazz do make the playoffs, they're going to see that every night, and Rubio's going to have to knock down shots tonight. Uh, the Jazz uh, got 16 points out of Jay Crowder after a tough start, uh, 2 of 8 from 3. Jazz were 9 of 33 from 3. Jazz above the break, 3-point shooting since the All-Star break is below 29%. That is, that is a problem. Uh, as the Jazz uh, in that regard. Uh, otherwise, uh, that wraps us up. Jazz fall 97-94. Playoff implications on this are significant. Uh, I, I still think the Jazz need to get to 47. Maybe it's going to be 46. If, if you can get in on a tiebreaker, 47 without a tiebreaker, you're going to have to find wins. Friday against Memphis, Minnesota is going to be a huge one. Carl Anthony Towns at 56 tonight for the Timberwolves. Uh, so we'll see how it plays out. But tough loss tonight for the Utah Jazz. 97-94, this has been Postcast on Locked On Jazz, part of Locked On Podcast Network. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.